Hi, this is Tom from the Happiness Quotient. Thank you for dropping by. You are one of my favorite listeners because if you're listening to this episode, you're hearing it before we changed our name to the Happiness Quotient. Just so you won't be surprised when you listen, you'll hear me talk about Baker Street with Tom Pollard. Believe me, you are in the right place. We've changed our name, but the excellence of the podcast just keeps getting better. Before we get to the episode, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe wherever you're listening, and I hope you'll visit my Patreon page for exclusive content at patreon.com slash thehappinessquotient, and take a look at my YouTube page of the same name, where there are many Everest and music-related episodes, adventure-related podcast elements that can't be found here on the podcast itself. Thanks for being here. If you like what you hear, be sure to leave me a review, a rating, and share it with someone you care about. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Baker Street with Tom Pollard. This is episode 29. We are in the middle of winter here in New Hampshire, where I'm coming from now. But uh, many of my listeners come from the Southern Hemisphere. So I hope you're all having a, an awesome summer right now while we all suffer here with a mediocre winter at best. Give me snow, powder snow, but a little drizzle that freezes into a coating of ice on top of a driveway isn't doing it. So give me winter or give me summer, but make it one or the other. I know that a lot of the people are struggling down in Australia right now with the Australian bushfires that are still raging out of control. I'm going to refer you to a, a real short update I've given you. There's going to be a drawing on February 1st for the Aussie Bushfire Gear Giveaway that was started by my friend Scott Salmon, a uh, music engineer down there and a musician who has uh, started a raffle to give away pedals, distortion and effects pedals, for mostly for guitars, and over 60 companies and organizations have given some of their equipment to this fundraising effort that has now raised almost $36,000 at this point. February 1st, 2020 is the drawing date. So I'll put a link in there where you can go and find out how to give. $10 is all it takes to get included into that. I've been thinking a lot lately uh, about, well, I, I'm always thinking about things whenever I'm driving around in my car, but, but what makes a great person? What makes a, a legacy? And in the, the wake of the death of Kobe Bryant, beloved basketball player Kobe Bryant, and his 13-year-old daughter Gigi, who they called Mambasita, an aspiring and talented young basketball player, the world paused to, to mourn the loss of, of this great athlete and, and his daughter. Who, but, but Kobe came to represent 
not only the Los Angeles Laker basketball nation, but a, but a generation, uh, mostly young people, but people my age as well, who looked up to him and, and, and saw a model who had overcome adversity, who had gotten in trouble uh, some 15 or 20 years ago and, and um, really went on to become an amazing man and a father of four daughters and, and husband. And devoting much of his time to his family after his his retirement from basketball, and you know, one of the people who who both my sons look up to Kobe. One of them even said Kobe's his favorite basketball player of all time. It's saying a lot coming from a Boston Celtics fan who grew up with he grew up with guys like Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. You know, two amazing basketball players, but Kobe. Man, let me tell you. So, so it, it, he, it gives you pause when, when someone like Kobe is lost at such a young age, 41. I know some of my listeners are a lot younger than 41, and that probably sounds old to them. But, but in, the, in, the, in looking at the world, living till 80 is not unusual. And he obviously had had many years ahead of him. So it, it, and the loss of him do, is not even in the slightest to diminish the loss of his daughter, who had a bright future. But the other seven people aboard that helicopter, which includes the pilot, and, and then there was a husband, wife, and daughter um, that participated in the basketball program of Kobe's, um, the father of a scout for the Boston Red Sox. So it hit very close to our home here in in New Hampshire, New England. But... You know, when somebody like that is lost, especially at a young age, uh, you know, with such a bright future ahead, we're left to wonder and look at ourselves about what it is that we envision of ourselves that would lay the foundation, for lack, for lack of a better word, for it being okay to leave this planet, for it being okay for it to end, you know, if there's a lot of undone things, that's one thing. But if we're, you know, kind of living a life that's uh, we're struggling and, and we, we fall off the wagon, so to speak, with bad habits or or doing things that that cause people to feel guilt or whatever. What What is it that we need to do in order to make things right in our lives, wherein leaving this incarnation would be okay? You know, I mean, obviously, hopefully most of us don't want to leave. And, you know, I just did an episode with my friend Ray Gilmore about suicide and military veterans and all, but... But at the very least, where where would we want to be as individuals? And and I suppose to an extent, if anyone we loved or cared for left this planet, and within our mourning, if we saw in that person some element of of selflessness of that person devoting themselves to the better betterment of of other people's welfare, sometimes even at the detriment to themselves, meaning giving of themselves when they have nothing to give, or or they give so much that it actually is it hurts them or or takes away from them but they do that selflessly well that would be a good legacy right so it's it's something for us to shoot for isn't it when when someone be it kobe or or, or somebody in our neighborhood or in our town that is lost that that gave of themselves that way it gives us pause to review our own lives, the direction that we're personally taking that would make our life worth it. You know, is it 
all worth it? What is it we want to leave behind? I've quoted this before in a previous podcast, but Jordan Peterson said once that we shouldn't measure ourselves on the person that we look up to or idolize, but we should measure ourselves on the person that we were yesterday. I mean, damn, imagine wishing that you were someone like Kobe and that all that you ever wanted was to be a basketball player like Kobe. Well, hell, man, looking in the mirror each day would be like hell, right? Like painful because it ain't going to happen. And why would you want to spend your time being someone that you aren't? So a little transition here um, in in sending out our condolences to all the, the friends and family of Kobe and Gigi and the others on that helicopter. The music that we're listening to today comes from a band that I found on the Free Music Archive, and they're called Kai Lobo, or Kilobot, K-I-E-L-O-B-O-T. I found them on the Free Music Archive. Excellent tunage. Look them up on YouTube. It's spelled K-I-E-L-O-B-O-T, and you will find their music with no copyright on it. So if you want to use it for your video blog or your podcast, have at it and just give them the credit where credit is due. If you want to find out a little bit more about me, why don't you go to my website, eyesopenproductions.com, or check me out on Instagram, where I'm there under tom.dharma.pollard, and I spell Tom, T-H-O-M. I'm a weirdo, right? I spell it differently. My dad started it when I was in the seventh grade, so... I've got that as an excuse. My dad was a little bit out there at times, but a real thinker and a romantic, one of those guys who loved the poetry of Dylan Thomas and E.E. E. Cummings and things like that. And he instilled a little bit about that in me. And so when I spell my name T-H-O-M and people give me a hard time and pronounce it Thom or whatever, I think of my dad and it's all worth it. And I love the, the, the funny ribbing that I get from some friends for being a little bit different when it comes to that. So here's something different for you. You might remember some time ago, I did a podcast episode after my son had competed in a football all-star game called the Shriners Maple Sugar Bowl, where football players from New Hampshire compete against football player all-stars from Vermont. And at that, I met a young man named Nathaniel Smiley Tejeda, who had been diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, and he had been just toward the latter end of his chemotherapy and actually when they were practicing for this football game he had to leave each evening to go get his chemo treatment to come and then he would come back hours of driving each way come back for practice that day and then he competed in the game with my son and and the the New Hampshire and Vermont football players well Smiley had a -a make-a-wish uh, foundation opportunity, and he could have done anything he wanted. He could have traveled around the world. He could have met Tom Brady, or, or at least given that a shot. And what Smiley had chosen to do was to have a weight room made at his former high school, Nashua South 
in New Hampshire. And that weight room was dedicated in December. And I want to share with you now my interview over um, the telephone with Smiley just a few days ago. When I spoke to Nathaniel Smiley, I spoke to him in Springfield, Massachusetts, where he is starting his second semester at Springfield College. He is wrestling for the wrestling team there, which is, while he's a great football player, wrestling is his true passion and love. Last time we talked, I think when we spoke, you were just about to go into your last round of chemo or radiation. Okay, so so you you had really you know you were really positive and upbeat about things. What just give me a little bit of an update on how you're doing, where that all is right now, and and what your future is looking like. Um, everything's been going good so far. I'm six months done with treatment, and I am officially been declared in remission. Mm. Which cancer in my latest scans mm-hmm. and uh so i've just been really grateful and everything's been going well my health's been great uh i'm in better shape than i ever was back in high school so yeah <laughs> it keeps me good so i'm um, honestly things have been just fantastic that is so cool. Well, I, I looked at a video that New Hampshire High School Sports put up, our friends at NH uh, High School Sports, and you look like you got bigger, dude. You're like, <laughs> you're kind of a monster in there, and I don't know if that's because you're not on radiation or chemo, but or if you're getting bigger, but you do look actually bigger than when you were at the football game. Yeah, so um, I think college has helped me eat a lot more and focus on weight training and just getting, be- and getting in better shape. So um, I'm wrestling at 184 pounds right now, which Ooh. is pretty light. Pretty light? 184? Yeah. Is, you, you must be a beast. That's huge. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you. I try. So one of the reasons I was really excited to give you a call was that the, the weight room has been opened up and if you could just for the listeners just you know you gave your make a wish gift to the school to make a brand new weight room there tell me a little bit about it and how exciting was it for you and everybody else to walk in there and see what from what i can see is a amazing gym man it was was an awesome experience just in all like as a whole like it really all started from my uh, my social worker at the hospital, like telling me that I was eligible for Make a Wish, right? Yeah. And so I found a video online of a kid that did something similar to like mm. a smaller extent, yeah. and I was like, man, I wish I had feel like this could be something that I could do. Like my love for lifting weights, my love for the school, and I just felt like this was an awesome way to get back to the community that gave me so much, and mm. I think that. Like, overall, it, it turned out way better than I ever thought. Like, the amount of equipment and new and just refurbishment that the, yeah. the gym got mm. is way above what any of us could have ever expected. And I'm just re- truly grateful for how it all turned out. And But you've been a big inspiration to, you know, me and to all the people who listen. And uh, I can say from all the people who will see this video and hear it that... Uh, Man, we're wishing for for big and beautiful things from you, and uh, keep on keep on rocking, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. I 
appreciate it. I love everything that you guys have going on at your podcast and just the vibe you guys give off. It's, it's, it's been great to be able to know you and follow you this far, so. I had the opportunity to speak briefly with Linda Pearson, one of the two wish granters that Nathaniel Smiley Tejeda had, the other being Anne Vermet. And Linda spoke eloquently about how unique and special the experience was in working with Smiley on such a unique Make-A-Wish grant request. This um, wish was a very unique one because Mm. it's very different. A lot of people do travel wishes and um, Mm. they might um, take, you know, a trip or redo their room, you know, something like that. I mean, Mm. I've done several wishes, but most of them are Disney or or a a trip somewhere. Mm. And when he said that, I was like, wow, what, you know, are you sure this is what you want to do? And he was absolutely 100% sure. So then we started on... um, fulfilling his wish and it took a while um because we wanted to get it right Mm. we wanted to get some volunteers on board and um so we did have quite a bit of um, help and volunteers when it all came together at christmas time Mm. um so that was really nice to see Mm. Um, a lot of volunteers and just people that come together and just really love smiley you Mm. know and um you know because this this young gentleman he won't be using the gym all the time all the kids that are here now in the school and in in the coming years to come Mm. um hopefully smiley's legacy will you know live on and and they'll be like wow what an amazing kid Mm. this is and and they'll want to be like that you Mm -hmm. know i mean it's it's more about giving and loving others that uh, makes the world a much happier place but yeah new hampshire make a wish does approximately 100 wishes a year um so it's really um, getting out into the community and fulfilling all these uh, wishes to children under 18. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Smiley was lucky enough to get his wish. Well, for you personally, this obviously is, is important because I don't think somebody takes on five or ten a year without loving it. And it, and it has it's obviously got to have some special significance with you. What? What drew you to this? Did you have a personal experience in it? Or is it just something that you feel like you could do something good for people? For me, it was just like, and I think for Ian, it's just we both are giving back into the community. Um, we both wanted, I've, I've seen this um, for, I've been working with Make-A-Wish for about 10 years now. Mm. Um, but prior to that, you know, I saw it and I was like, oh, that's a really good um thing to do for people i think that would help and make a, a child smile when in when they're in uh you know a not so good situation mm. um but so that's why i i've done it and i enjoy doing it because i really like to see the smiles and the, mm-hmm. the pictures afterwards and the results and mm. and make the family come together and enjoy their um time of happiness away from um anything that they're enduring in their life at the moment People like that can inspire us, but we should always be looking to ourselves for ways to make ourselves a little bit better every day. We can't be perfect. We have our shortcomings, and that is what 
we must endeavor to overcome one tiny little step at a time and not judge ourselves harshly because when we do that we take away a little bit of of the essence of what we're doing here on this planet in the first place and that's to explore our creativity on this realm and and through experiences through failures or or mishaps or 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 even tragedies is where we do the majority of our learning it, it it's great to win and and get championships and and get straight A's if you will all the time but sometimes it's in the the hardships where we dig down and learn the most about ourselves If you'd like to find out a little bit more about me or inquire about my speaking, I do talks for corporations and schools and universities. I can be found at eyesopenproductions.com or please check me out on Instagram at tom.dharma.pollard. There's H's in the first two words. Have a look, send me an email, let me know what you think, and I will be back with another episode of Baker Street with Tom Pollard real soon. Have a fantastic day. Thank you and be well. If you're still here, thank you for visiting. I hope you'll take a moment to subscribe wherever you're listening, and I hope you'll also visit my Patreon page for exclusive content at patreon.com slash thehappinessquotient, and take a look at my YouTube page of the same name, where there are many Everest and music-related episodes as well as adventure content and interview snippets that can't be found here on the podcast. Thank you for being here. I hope you'll share this, leave me a review, a rating, and come back soon.